<laughs> Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, and now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Chicago, Illinois on a nice rainy day here in June, or maybe even March or April, it feels like. Oh, the basement, the home, my dog trying to eat some cords. Let's not do that, Lola, because she's always here to entertain us and to produce the podcast along with me. Mm-hmm. In the basement this morning, this afternoon, we have Chris Blantner, the Urban Bourbonist online friend of the podcast good old Jim. good old Jim. thanks for having me back absolutely he's back um and someone who's been very elusive to the podcast (laughs) in the last 13 years but is making making his making his return not debut you've already debuted many of a time for the year uh during a pseudo whiskey week here in chicago pseudo is a good word for that it feels more like whiskey week than whiskey week was whatever a month ago or so you know i agree with that i totally agree with that but we yeah. are uh, we're gonna call it whiskey week so we're this is a whiskey, a whiskey week, week podcast 2.0 featuring <laughs> christy urban bourbonist blantner and wilson razor ramon torres hey young world so good to be back i'm so i told jake this morning i'm like i'm really fucking emotional <laughs> Huh. I well, was so emotional. No yeah, right. I'm so emotional. No I was so you. so emotional. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna go sit down with the boys. It's an yet another hair episode today, gentlemen. Mm. And my uh, hair's wet. What, mine is too. Hey, you need an awning, bro. I'll Seriously, get, I'll get the HOA right on that. Yeah, you need to let them know. Put an awning over your front door. Chris and I got a little damp. Sorry, waiting for you. The new bosses were. The thing I could actually make money on in the whiskey world. <laughs> I was meeting with them in an early nine o'clock morning meeting. In where where, the, where in the did loop. you have your meeting? Uh, at the uh, Kimpton Gray Hotel. Oh, volume thirty nine, or just downstairs? Just at the Gray. Yeah, they're all the whole team's staying there. Shout out to everybody at volume thirty nine in the Gray. Shout out to them. Always good to us. Yeah, they have been really good to you. Are guys. you in the back bar? No, I don't be. believe so. You should be. Yeah. It is. A, it is a rather international built bar um a lot of scotch yeah a lot of irish um a lot of japanese mm. some australian some australian um, <laughs> you can thank our uh, our brethren in arm mr callum o'donnell, o'donnell for, for, for a lot of the uh placements back there along with the pernod ricard prestige portfolio, portfolio. prestige cheese 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 yeah, um, he does a lot of work there. Yeah, he does. But Guillermo, who runs the bar, awesome dude. Um, anybody who's in town uh, visiting Chicago definitely is a cocktail slash whiskey bar, spirits bar in general, to go visit while you're in town. And they're only open until about 10, 11 o'clock at night, so nothing super late. But they're down in the loop, and I'll stay in sh- down in the loop while visiting Chicago. So definitely a good spot. It is in the Kimpton Gray Hotel, so it could be a little bit hard to find, but it's only on the second floor. So once yeah. you're there, not hard to find. Yeah. I like I I like that some places stay open only till like ten or eleven. I kind of like that. I don't do you know. know. You don't no. like that? No. What do you think, Chris? I like I like a midnight. Uh, yeah. Especially at a, like a midnight hotel, I'd like to see a midnight uh, closing at least. Okay. I will say they're one of those bars. If they're full, they'll stay open. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they extend their stay. Yeah. Well, exactly. Extend their... They have a lot of weddings and things like that to stay at the hotel. So if they're having a good time, and not getting reckless. The wedding party, that is. <laughs> Which obviously is. Which, I don't know, may or may not have happened head. at my wedding. You, Who could tell, Wilson? Who could tell? Who can really? I, I mean, I can tell. Can I can you? tell. Yeah, I can tell. That when one starts, Jake, Jake starts high kicking, high stepping. Mm. 
It's, that was the night before. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, it's time. I believe Aunt Jean and I were doing karate kicks. <laughs> yeah, it's karate kicks. To the air. A good night when those come out. Oh man, to, just the, to the air. Just stay, stay out of the way about those. But I knew we were in a bit of trouble when the uh, the shuttle that was driving everybody <laughs> from the wedding <laughs> party to the hotel um, made some tour, or I should say, some detours. Detours, and, yes. Um, went to a local bar in Crawfordsville, Indiana, and I had to get on the other shuttle to ring up everybody, <laughs> wrangle up everybody. And there were stories of a one-armed man with a gun telling people where they could hide bodies if they needed to. So, <laughs> so when the night took a turn, that was Chat, by the way. Yeah, that was Chat. Was chat. <laughs> chat or Chat? Chat. Chat. Yeah. Did you actually meet him? No. Oh, okay. I didn't, think, just, I didn't think it was you were just involved. a chatty Kathy the whole time. So it's just called. I don't think you were involved at debauchery. Yeah. No. 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 That wasn't there. <laughs> well, wonderful. 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 Um, well, today we uh, we're gonna talk about bourbon, um, which we do a lot on this podcast. But it is National Bourbon Day on June fourteenth. So Chris Wilson and myself thought, why not have a conversation yeah. built around that? Because we don't talk about it enough. It doesn't get <laughs> it doesn't get enough of the headlines. I don't, I don't think anyone knows enough about it. Yeah. Bourbon what, is very elusive these days. It is. Feel. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I can't tell you <laughs> the last time I had a conversation about bourbon. Well, my line of work, um, <laughs> I don't. Actually, it's shocking that every conversation still somehow comes back to bourbon. Yeah. It, evol- it to evolves bourbon. into bourbon. And, yeah. well, I mean, like, if you were using X bourbon barrels to aid your whiskey inside of, yeah. it's like maybe we do. I mean, you can maybe still talk about it. You know, it's a conversation starter. It sure is. You know, and it's always one to begin with and one to end with. Mm. I've always found. But as of these last few months, man, it's just, it's been a very interesting topic. How so? If at all. If at all. Um, Well, as we all are here, you know, with the exception of Chris, but Chris being very well integrated into this industry and well respected, what we do going out there to represent our, our brands you know respectively you know you come across more of a it's not so much a bourbon talk it's more of a why you talk why you why, as the individual yeah it's like why why you why am i talking to you today why mm. am i why am i tasting everything but bourbon with you today when bourbon is hot mm. you oh, know okay i see what you're saying you see what i'm saying yeah so it's it's a it's almost as if a gatekeeper. I'm my own gatekeeper. You yeah. know, it's kind of weird. But as of these last two to three months, I've been really odd in that regard. What do you mean you're your own gatekeeper? As if so, like you don't bring the bourbon around intentionally from Castle well, to I don't, dry. Well, I don't bring around the bourbon because there is no bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, but, so Castle and Key is a gatekeeper. You are not. <laughs> you, know, you are so just like man delivering that news. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, we really wanted the bourbon. I was like, yeah, but you know what? It's coming back in the fall, the next batch. In the meantime, here's some really cool stuff, though, too. So it's almost as like I have to sell twice. Sure. Mm. And, I, and I'm using the term sell very loosely because that's not what I personally don't feel like that's what I do. I don't go out and sell. I just go out and share. And if they make it the decision based on what we have to share and, and sip together, then fantabulous. But I have found that these last two to three months have been more, um, it's not been, it's been bourbon. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's on the minds of who you approach, but it's not been 
what I've been going out to talk about. It's nice. You it's know, a good conversation so. starter. Yeah. Before we get there, though, let's, let's, oh, yeah. let's toast the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA championship. Oh, that's right. Night. So that's why we're drinking some Colorado whiskey. Cheers. Yeah, awesome. cheers. Shout out to the folks at CEO, Momentum CEO, and uh, our new brand, actually our new market manager. Shout out to Brandon. He just signed on. He's in his, I believe, his first full month so with us. So hot right now, Brandon. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. yeah. He's doing well, man. He's a good kid. He comes from uh, front of the house, you know, experience and uh, cocktailing. So we're drinking a Leopold Brothers four-year-old mm. straight bourbon. Um, I believe the mash bill is 14% rye. Yep, twenty one percent or fifteen percent rye, twenty one percent malted barley, mm. and then sixty four percent corn. See, that, oh, sorry, but both the grains are malted. Both the both grains are malted. Both the secondary grains are malted. This is so soft. I get a lot of that malted flavor from totally. this. Totally, it's very, especially when you smell it, you definitely yeah. get the malted grains, and then you get like that creamy malty mm-hmm. little mocha flavor, flavor in the there. Palette. Really nice. Um, I I actually thought when I first tried it, it was high rye with some malt in it because okay. that nose is such a, a rye presence to it. Well, I mentioned high rye to you because of the color. Oh, interesting. So when you were showing it to us, I was like, "Ooh, that's got to be high rye." But that malt, I perfect segue to oh, right. what we're good segue. I I'd love to offer the next pour, but what no. a high malt. Uh, malt content does to a bourbon and or whiskey period um <clears throat> i really this is just so soft i can't get anything out of it really oh it's yeah. like a, a ton of flavor what do you get it. out of that i get a little bit of like uh mocha as you said creamy mocha mm-hmm. uh, the back end like a little bit of a burnt, burnt popcorn flavor to it um Hold on, let me sit grassy on, uh, grassy on the nose which yeah. is now after that interview with Greg Metz or conversation, I don't know what to think about. <laughs> I know. Anything. He threw me for a loop with his with his feeling about grassiness. I, every whiskey I approach now, I drink it in a whole different way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't like grassiness either. Did you listen to that podcast? I have not listened to the second part of that podcast. So you even got to the part where he talks no. about grassy and dill no. flavored. It, if you're an MGP fan, it's going to blow your mind. Yes. <laughs> Because those are prominent flavors, I feel in that whiskey, and he's and he, kind of, I don't, not even kind of, he said those are like off, imperfections, off notes mm-hmm. for yeah. a rye. Which... And it was interesting. He said it came from the mash and the fermentation. Those yeah. those notes. Yeah. So it's he thought it was a bad mash when you got a dill note to your whiskey on a rye. Okay. Um, and then he goes into how he. I'm not sure it was directly based on that conversation, but at some point he talked okay. about how he built that mash bill for 30 years, and you're like, wow. Okay, so the guy who has the most prominent whiskey out in America, distinctive whiskey, distinctive. I should say, yep. by owning somewhere between 90, 95% of the market when it comes to that mash bill and rye whiskeys, mm-hmm. sure. and then everything else he did at MGP right. for 40 years and Seagram's, uh, you're thinking like, where do I fit in then? Because I've been doing this for 10 years, but yeah. you're trying to build the most distinctive whiskey in the world for 30 years to perfect yeah. it. Makes you feel very little. So that, that I mean, in a good way. So now, did he mention, and not to elongate this part of the conversation, but oh, I'm really okay. curious now. We should really recap our conversations, anyways. Yes. So. <laughs> 
did he make mention as to why that may have been or why that may be? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he goes into um, the mashing and fermentation techniques. Fermenters was a big part of the conversation, which I don't think I've ever talked to a master distiller or distiller of any sense about how important the fermentation is. Um, as far as the contain, container where it's done or the everything, process, everything he, he treats He treats fermenters as, his, I would think, the average distillery treats a, a still. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, very important. Very important. How long it's been used, the temperatures, notes sure. every single day on those fermenters, how it was done. And it was, I didn't bring this up to him, which I feel stupid for not doing. He talked about how he had note cards. That was like his palm pilot. He had note cards about all the temperature control, the amount of the amount of run times on all these fermenters, and that's how he document, documented everything. And my grandpa did the same thing with the boiler system at Jim Beam. He, huh. I have note cards of his that were like his notes from everyday oh, that's cool. use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyday use where you're like, wow. It's like, did everyone do that? Like in some sort of engineering industry where you're kind of always taking down, or is it a distilling thing that happened in Kentucky and kind of got passed around, whatever yeah. it may be. But um, I could, you know, I can see my grandpa going to work and coming back with a pocket full of note cards in his, cool. his shirt, his shirt pocket, and a pen there always. So yeah, it was That's a cool. cool thing to share, which I didn't share with him though. <laughs> uh, maybe you should take one and kind of frame it and send it to him or something. Yeah, I gotta find them. You gotta. Find- <laughs> it was one of those things where I put it in a very safe place, and now I'm like, where was that safe place? It's wrapped very, very well, very delicately handled. So, um, just a crazy time right now. Um, but no, so you're talking about gatekeeping yourself based on the amount of bourbon that you guys make at Castle and Key, which it's a distillery that's um, that caught a lot of clout because of the movie Neat, which someone just asked me the other day, like, have you ever seen the movie Neat? I'm like, have I seen the oh movie Neat? Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm like, I I invented the movie Neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only know of it because of you. So, I mean. But how long was I putting those in our newsletters? I'm like, you guys should, like, watch this trailer. You guys wait since, for this date. Since Koval. Oh, I know. But that's, that's how it all started. So, 24. 20- 2015 2016 am i wrong or did the guys that filmed it come to our distillery at one point oh that not not the director and the producer but the guys that were the actual the actual the guys the video camera guys yeah yeah. yeah yeah i believe they did to do something else right? yeah there was something else that they were doing they there were doing it on their own correct yeah and they were they had, i think that's how i found out about the movie is they told me about it and so I started following them yeah. on Instagram. I, if I, I faintly do recall them being there, and they actually did they did capture some footage while there. They yeah. did set up some they had stuff. They famous uh, f- uh, video of Mike with the barrel on his shoulder. Yes. Yeah. And you t- you have that picture as well. Might be a different time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it also might involve a dinosaur, too. There was, a, there was a T-Rex in the distillery at one point. That yeah. was actually pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure that they were... Uh, oh, well, this is a second. Uh, oh. They... Uh, they were film. They came off filming a sushi maker in Japan. They're telling me about, <laughs> but they spent nine hours filming, and there's this little like if you dream if you heard of a or watched um, Jiro Dream Sushi, I believe it was on Netflix. I don't think it's on there anymore, okay. but it was a kind of a little popular documentary about sushi making in Japan. Uh, that was on Netflix for years, and this these guys found a similar artist of that in Japan, where it's this little sub subway station um, sushi place. But the technique and the precision that goes into it, they were all about filming craft and like not some about the knives they were using too. Um, they had an affiliation with these guys, the videographers, and so they came to Koval and started filming about it, everything was like the presence of the hands and the movement and the craftsmanship of the, of the work, not necessarily about the product itself. And they brought up the conversation about neat 
which in a very long convoluted way gets back to Castle and Key, which was featured on there, earned a lot of clout in the whiskey world. The rye comes out, people anticipate the bourbon, and now people are still anticipating the bourbon because it comes out in minimal releases. Yeah, it does. Um, So we release it just quickly in vintage fashion, so every batch will be different. Um, The two batches that were released earlier this year uh, were our largest uh, batches uh, to date um, so that we wouldn't come across what we did last year, which was six different batches. And, you know, that kind of caused a a little bit of confusion, a little bit of anxiety and so on and so forth. But actually, but to fast forward to what we're actually drinking today, uh, I poured us the weeded uh, that we just released. I feel this is um, a very, very strong testament to where our weeded bourbon is. Um, A five-year... High uh, high malt, high white corn, very minimal wheat. Um, five years, one. This one is 99 proof. Um, yeah. But I just, it, again, I wanted to pour because I just wanted to share the, the fact that you started off with the Leopold and that high malt content. Mm-hmm. For this malt, to, for this bourbon to have the high amount of malt that it has and very minimal wheat is just pretty stellar to me. Mm. It's just very, Pretty outstanding, pretty astonishing to me. I'm still really interested to learn a little bit more about the the you know to get into this a little bit more within within the next couple of years. But I, I don't know what else to say about this. What, what is the, sucks? Um, what is the? Yeah. Have, you tr- have you tried it? Have you tried it, ladies and gentlemen? You said high corn, high high, high heirloom white corn, which is 73 percent, uh, a 17 percent malted barley content, and then 10 percent wheat. Are you guys using malted barley for that high for enzyme control? No, we're using it for flavor. Hmm. I feel like when you get flavor. above, you know, the, when you get the four percent, yeah, the yeah. five or whatever, four, you're starting to use it as a flavoring yeah. grain. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know, again, everything that we make is inspiration per what Colonel E. H. Taylor Jr. had left behind when we were fortunate to find that guy and. Reverse engineering, what we did find showed a high amount of uh, heirloom white corn and a high amount of malted barley use. Um, not specific, not exact, but, you know, again, inspiration grounds for the found- the perfect foundation for what our whiskeys are. Dude, it's just like twofold. It's crazy. <laughs> tell me it's not Tell me it's not nutty. It's crazy. It is nutty. No, it right. is nutty, but it tastes like twofold. Unintended. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like that, uh, there's just like tropical note on there, and it could be because it was left in the from the Leopold Brothers glass uh, that I had, or pour that I had in this glass. But I just, I mean, what we the weeded bourbons that we know Never are of them. much higher content of wheat than yeah than this. I mean, by by a lot, you know, and for us to get the same, maybe not the same, but along that line of. Uh, that wheat goodness, if you will, softness. Yeah, so- very soft. It's really know. soft. Um, there's like, um, God, there's a peppermint and something. Yeah, I was going to say that there's like a vanilla mint. You know, remember those, um, there was a gum that was called, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the gum, but this reminds me of the gum, and it was a, like a vanilla mint gum. And this has that quality, like especially on the finish as you breathe out. Yep back out over this whiskey i get like a huge rush of like really fresh 
mint. Like you picked mint mm-hmm. from the garden and and started chewing on it. Mm-hmm. On the finish, like as you breathe back out over the whiskey, which that is super cool to me. I really, really, really enjoy that. That's what you, I find Beautiful so whiskey. astonishing. Thank you. Yeah, I am really like this. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know the gum you're talking about. I keep trying to think of it. Is it Beeman's? No, that's not Beeman's. No, it might have. It was like a chiclet yeah. kind of okay. yeah. kind of gum. Oh. Like with the like the candy coating. I cannot remember the name hmm. of it for the life of me. But it was like a vanilla mint chiclet gum. This so reminds me of that. But I always go back to those yeah. candy. Oh candy my God. you have to. You have to. It's a little bit like a like a strawberry taste in there or something too. Like uh, I don't know what something I'm getting on it, but this is this is nice. This is really nice. Is this available yet? So it hit it. All right. Yeah, it's in the market now, and she's squeaking because she's excited about it. It is in the market now. Um, allocated again, sadly, um, <laughs> until you know, hopefully, late next year, or early twenty twenty five, or maybe even late twenty twenty five. But it, what I'm really, what I'm really excited about is that this is going to be the call it point guard for mm. the direction of where really our whiskey is going personally because it i don't feel this will be it like this is not the last of the taste of it anymore. sure it's gonna obviously as we know it's going to continuously to develop and it's going to continuously taste differently but i feel that we're going to really lean on this one to really lead the charge hmm. uh, these next several years awesome um <clears throat> considering yeah and is that age statement going to stay around five years? It or? will always be five years. Yeah. Five years minimum. Um, you know, what's really cool still, we don't know what our apex is yet on our barrels. Yeah. Um, but are we in base our proximity? You guys have been fortunate enough to check it out and see it. So, you know, that warehouse B, the way it's situated, where it's situated, uh, geographically and whatnot and elevations and all that, it's, you know, we're treating it like barbecue, slow and low. So. Hmm. You know, we'll see. But um, this is more, the pour was more in regards to follow is, up that Leopold. Is it important for Castle and Key to be known as a bourbon distillery? Yes. Why? Because that's what Will wanted. Mm. That's what Will wanted. Will wanted to be a bourbon distillery. You know. We got Velaments. Velaments. Velaments uh, is the gun. I do remember that. I do remember those. Yeah. They came in four and six packs. They were really popular when Zemo was around. Velaments <laughs> <laughs> and Zemo. What a combo. What that's, a night. What a, a night. Great, that's a great you know, combo. It was, an, it was the after uh, drinking Zemo, <laughs> chosen gum. Yeah. Drink Zemo, chew on Velaments. Yeah, it's important for us to be known as a bourbon distillery because, again, we are honoring history while challenging the very traditions of what it is to be a Kentucky distillery and mm. the deep rooted, obviously state of Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, we want to be known as a, a bourbon distillery. Will the you other know? spirits fall out then? No, no, no. We put the same amount of care and craft and thoughtfulness, um, and geekiness, if you will, you know, into everything that we produce. So nothing's going to fall off. Mm. Um, it'll just obviously get better. Allegedly. <laughs> That's the goal. Hopefully. That's the goal. Hopefully. <laughs> that so, is the goal. It's interesting though, with uh with bourbon being such a a dominant part of the conversation of our jobs and of the whiskey whiskey scene, where do we where do you present the rye? Where do you present your other your other brands inside of inside of that conversation without 
disappointing people. Because I disappoint people every day when I show up with Australian whiskey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, that's essentially that's exactly what I find myself having to do. Mm. That's what I have to lead with because I don't have the bourbon to lead with. I think it's interesting the transition over to Chris's top 10 list so far in 2023. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had to question myself on what year it yeah, was. It is, it is, year it is the year. <laughs> so six months in now. Uh, I've lost all, left, lost all concept of time. Um, so has Lola. But how many bourbons were on your top 10 so far this year? Oh, good question. Um, and the reason why I, the reason why I asked be. that because... You know, obviously bourbon is in your handle, but you've ventured out to so many other types of whiskey over the the past three, four years since you built this account where it's not just, it's not based around bourbon or maybe it's based around bourbon, but you do, you are not afraid to highlight the other spirits that you do drink and like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I feel like my page is more just about exploration, Mm. you know, rather than bourbon focused i mean it's definitely american whiskey yeah focused sure. but um yeah i just like to share what i'm trying and drinking but from the top 10 of 2023 so far i'm seeing one two if you want to call jack daniels a bourbon three four they might kill you for that but put it yeah. put an asterisk five, six of the 10 <clears throat> are technically Technically, technically bourbons, but I was thinking as I was driving over here today too, that it's really, really weird where bourbon has kind of evolved to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, we all know the rules, the rules of bourbon, you know, 51% corn, new charred barrel, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's so many whiskeys out there with the with the name bourbon on the front of the label, yet there's so many other things happening yeah. with the whiskey. Within the bottle, you mean? And I was thinking of of you know my list so far, and most, the vast majority of that list are whiskeys, bourbons that have had a secondary or third or fourth thing done to the whiskey and i feel like we're almost at the point where bourbon has become that like it is no longer just 51 percent corn in a new Mm -hmm. charred oak barrel Mm -hmm. it's become all these different finishes Mm -hmm. all these different blends that are that are happening um even though that technical definition of bourbon is out there i feel like it's evolved and this is like in the past two and a half three years Mm -hmm. it's evolved into all of these finishes and and blends and um i'm curious to you wilson as you know someone that sells bourbon and with a distillery that is not doing currently Mm -hmm. all of these crazy finishes and Mm -hmm. things like that is there pressure Mm. do you feel any pressure does the distillery feel any pressure to kind of conform to what's happening in in the industry and using all these different finishes Mm. and 
creating blends with American single malt or blending with your rye or all these, you know, different things that are coming out. Like from your perspective, uh, a distillery that's doing straight rye whiskey, straight bourbons, is there a pressure to add some of these other things that are going on in the industry? It's a, it's a good question. And it's a question that we actually have asked ourselves because again, we're always trying to find a way to challenge ourselves while we are coming to market with what our core is. And that's just straight Kentucky whiskeys that we know today. Is there pressure? No. Only if we allow it to become that. Hmm. Are there expectations? Sure. Only if we allow to ta- to tailor ourselves to such. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. What I can say, as far as the distillery, from my perspective, my personal, this is not the, the position of the distillery, is that what we we are dreamers as well. We mm-hmm. are idea we ideate every day. And we do have a new line. Well, we have a, a call it a distillery only line that we call Wool Gatherer. Mm. And under the Wool Gatherer brand are said um, op- opportunities and or experimentals that we are playing with. Um, two of our current seasonal gins came from said, you know, experimental lines. Our harvest gin, which is fantastic in the eve, uh, in the fall and winter, and our new rye gin—that's our spring summer gin—made um, with the same rye whiskey distillate base, just obviously different uh, botanicals that are vapor infused within. <clears throat> um, I can share that hopefully this fall we may see a short run of a VDN finished mm. rye. Okay. Um, and that wasn't from pressure. That was from us liking what we did. Yeah. And we liked it so much. We're like, well, let's see how f- much further we can take this. So we we only bought a little bit of it last fall for distillery release only under the Wool Gatherer uh, brand. Um, it will still be considered a Wool Gatherer uh, brand um, out of the distillery when we release it again in the fall. <clears throat> and um, I feel uh, that will be very telling. But it's because we wanted to. Yeah. You know, we did something we felt was really cool and we want to share it. Um, we just did a botanical vodka under the wool gather yeah. thing. I mean, and some people was like, well, it tastes like gin. Well, yeah, because there's botanicals in it, but it's not gin. But when I do go in and field and they asked me about said things like I had, I took a meeting two weeks ago and the guy was super excited to meet me. I was super excited to be there. And then we start talking, we were tasting things. He goes, cool, I need something very special from you. I need something finished that's just for this yeah. and that. And I'm like, okay, um, we can do something special for you. And that's just putting your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, that's, that's, that's where we're at right now. Why did he ask you for that? Well, he felt the quality that we were offering – um, already when based on what he was tasting and what he was trying and what he was uh, wanting to purchase to uh, put into his when he resets come the fall was something that would really be uh, I guess you can say attention grabbing yeah um, very on or off-prem. super exclusive on-prem 
and he was he was just dying he was chomping at the bit to it because he just he likes the brand and he you know he he knows of us he just really wanted to taste it through really understand everything and then when he when he asked that question and i obviously asked him what do you mean said i was like oh okay that's cool uh yeah we're not there yet but Mm. see that's the thing we didn't establish ourselves as that yeah, I feel that a lot of things that are up to your to to your point, Chris, and and actually yours too, Jake. You know, uh, of your top ten lists, six are technically bourbons, but they've been finished here, mm-hmm. yeah. double dope dipped here, and so on and so forth. Those brands that came out that way mm-hmm. is are the ones establishing that precedent. Yeah, right. That bar, one hundred percent, doesn't necessarily mean I have to follow it. Right, sure. you're following tradition. I'm following tradition, but I'm also pushing the envelope of that very tradition. You know, whereas I'm producing it and I'm aging it. I'm not buying someone else's shit and then refinishing it some yeah. other way. And I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I'm more. I know it sounded that way because I got a little firm there, but it was more <laughs> about it's. It's it's there's an art to it, and that's well, what they're two, selling. It's two different companies. There's a blending yeah. house and there's a distillery. Correct, but while they do, some of them still do distill their own, and then yeah, and when that comes to maturation, they'll start you know blending that in. I'm sure some way somehow, and they're doing what we do: contract distill and contract age and contract blend and so on and so forth. But that's what we want to keep that separation live and strong, and that is we are actually distilling this. We are actually making those decisions for ourselves. Yeah. We're not fulfilling uh, requests, yeah. obligations, right, right, right. Uh, wish wish lists and shit like that. Right. You're, I mean, you're We're not, keeping true you're, to you're ourselves. Not a, you're not a hired gun. You're just still... Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting to counter that, that buyer without bringing contempt towards him based on you or vice versa. It's... That person doesn't know the brand then he's asking the wrong brand rep for what they want <laughs> well because he knows what we have done in the past and who we have helped in the past gotcha. that prompted sense. that question right what can Castle you do for does me contract is still yeah we contract is still proprietary mash bills for other right, brands right and we house sourced barrels for other brands and we help you know, in that regard. Uh, and that's as far as it goes for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, it, was he conflating that? No, I just feel that he was like... I'm not trying to attack this person. No. I just, I, the reason why I keep, I'm keep curious about it is because why not go to those... Bra- Maybe he's just trying to do a favor for you. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> no, no, I mean, he's like, he likes you a lot and wants to see if that's in the portfolio coming yeah. along in the future. But... It's just a misunderstanding between buyers and the brand, which we struggle with every single day. It's like, because like, I'm not trying to take your account or say that we're better than you guys, but like, come to a Star Wars and ask for that. Mm-hmm. Come to a Penelope and ask for that. Yeah. Come to various other brands, correct, and ask for these certain situations where these distilleries are known for the aging process correct and the finishing processes and, yeah. uh, and they're equipped for that that's what they're we don't, we don't finish we, you know we full barrel you do full barrel yeah. aging correct and that's what we do we do our own very full barrel full barrel aging Plus, i feel he's still your own product based on what he knew what we did do and we have done i feel that's where he felt so it's chris's conversation of this trend that's it's yeah. emerged to now almost supplanting it feels like in this moment supplanting the native spirit of america 
is yeah. there a new definition that should be amended for bourbon? I mean, I feel like the definition for bourbon is fine. I think that all of these finishes need to be, and you know, I might sound like a curmudgeon, oh. like making this this Ooh, argument, I like, like that the word, traditionalist uh, sort of argument that can be made. But you know, bourbon has its definition. Let's mm-hmm. keep let's keep that. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. Let's take all of these whiskeys that are finished and honestly they aren't bourbons they are not bourbons when you put them against the definition of bourbon you take it out of that original barrel and put it into something else it's not bourbon anymore right that is the technical legality whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it when it comes to talking about bourbon whiskey in the united states Let's come up with some other... I mean, there is a category. I think there technically would be considered distilled spirit specialties mm-hmm. is what all these finished whiskeys okay. are, I think, would technically fall under that. But well, let's just come up with a category that's finished whiskey. Yeah. yeah. You know? And let's let's take the bourbon off there and, mm. and put it on the back of the label if you want say this mm. was bourbon this was bourbon f- and now finished in x y and z and that's on the front of the label now mm-hmm. and i feel like it's all fine and good obviously i like these products they're quite they're quite delicious i yeah. mean look at my top 10 list for 2023 and it's like the entire list is is whiskeys that have had some sort of second third fourth whatever action taken on them yeah um and they taste great but they're really not bourbons you know i wonder if it gets back to that you know that quick little remark you made about jack daniels the saying if they want to call themselves a bourbon it's like they wouldn't they would call themselves tennessee whiskey they distinguish themselves as you know the maple charcoal filtering process that yeah. the is, lincoln process lincoln process that is tennessee whiskey yeah and they would be like, no, we're a Tennessee whiskey. So they've defined that product and such, even though it is technically bourbon. Yes. But, but, but also one... deep to their roots and their historical Exactly. Sense. And yeah. then there's also a deep-rooted process of making bourbon, not just in Kentucky, but across Correct. America. Mm-hmm. So the way I felt, you know, working for these small brands while this emerging category was being created was it's a way of identifying yourself but also making yourself a little bit different out there in the same in the same category but being able to have bourbon on there because for us when we were at Koval and this is how I feel not speaking for Wilson he can chime in but we were so so particular about the way we put bourbon on that label and defining ourselves as an actual real bourbon versus these other brands were like bourbon finished in this and it's all about placement of the wording yes. on the label which is very funny because like yes. it's it's like you can put bourbon on the label yeah it just can't be yeah. on the same line yeah and <laughs> very and, good point yeah it's a very good point and we became so territorial yeah. based on like hey we're a small distillery doing this versus like this distillery it's a bourbon finished in this product a bourbon like you know age for exclusive amount of time in this other uh, type of barrel and it kind of re- it readjusts the category. It doesn't, it doesn't redefine it because, like you said, there's not really a law for it yet. But it's a way of brands to separate themselves from Tennessee, from the traditions of Kentucky, and the deep-rooted traditions of America of making American whiskey or AKA bourbon, if you want to go that route, with the mash bill and following all the other rules. But now the exception has almost become 
a leading trend, I guess. Hundred percent. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think absolutely. It's absolutely. But like, convolutes what the idea of bourbon is to the consumer who doesn't understand exactly what bourbon is defined by. Absolutely. But I think it falls back onto a keyword that you mentioned. I love keywords, which like is key territorial. <laughs> mm. Anything that comes out of t- Kentucky is what to people, right? Bourbon, right? Yeah. Anything comes out of Tennessee. Is Jack? Yeah, we get lost in the idea. You that forget about all Dickel. the consumers. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, I mean, so the territorial aspect of it still is very. There's still has, I feel, a firm gr- grip on consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take away, and where's Jack at in the? Where's Jack at in that conversation? Well, no, where's it at on the on the on the shelf? Know. It's in the bourbon. It's section. in the bourbon section. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Where it should be, but yeah. So so then. To Chris's point, as far as a categorical uh, uh, realignment, you know, and then to your point as well, Jake, where you can put bourbon on the label anyway, it's just where a pout and how you line it up. Why not, you know, is it a new world thing? Mm, no. You know, because it's almost, again, I'm just trying new to. New world whiskey is defined as outside, outside of certain Outside of the new state and countries. Okay. So, because ultimately, isn't that what people are doing? They're fucking agent it on oceans and shit and then nile rivers and you know in egypt and africa Mm -hmm. and i mean there's there's things that are happening that follow the very laws of bourbon but are not because they're not made here which is fine which is fine which is which is i agree with protecting the protecting the 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 native spirit of what it is but i think that we that the industry itself is sort of opening up the possibility to challenge what challenge the mm. protection of bourbon by doing what they're doing yeah. is that you bad know? i don't know if it's good or bad i don't yeah. I, I i mean i don't know again i don't like the, all these yeah. whiskeys taste great right but if, yeah. if, if you're gonna have a, a definition and you're going to um you know have trade agreements and you're going to protect bourbon as bourbon well if you just look within the united states we're not even really protecting the (laughs) definition of bourbon within the united states because we're basically doing all these things to Mm -hmm. bourbon and we're still calling it bourbon when it's technically not bourbon yeah Mm -hmm. so right right i mean we don't really have a leg to stand on when it comes to someone in say Canada or Mexico or n- name any country that follows all the rules of yeah. bourbon and then they yeah. put bourbon on the label. I mean, what yeah. what leg do we have to stand on? Exactly. It's a good point because, you know, I think we all agree that whiskey should represent place. Yes. And which is, so which like is you're why. using those grains in Kentucky, if you're using the wheat, which, you know, fucking Van Winkles did, that's what started this whole thing a hundred years ago because they were using Kentucky wheat. Kentucky wheat. Uh, it represented place and that wood is coming from American oak. Correct. That whiskey's aging inside of America. Mm-hmm. Now, you take, do all those rules, follow all that alignment of buying grains from, and grains, where you buy the grain is actually not important to the definition of bourbon, but for the most part, distilleries because of cost and because of locality and one to represent place inside of the bottle, they buy grain within their distillery, might be a different state, but next door, what it might be. Mm-hmm. Now, but if you take that, that rule you barrel age it do all the rules about it say like you create a straight whiskey but then throw it into an old rosa sherry cast from spain is that an american product anymore it's a new world product Mm -hmm. 
It's not New World. <laughs> I'm only gonna I'm only gonna turn back on that because I know the definition of New World whiskey so well. Um, but it's and it's not. I mean, we don't define it as bourbon. We don't. The TTB no. doesn't define it as bourbon either. But it still says bourbon finished in Olorosa sherry casks Correct. on the label, and that's where that that can that confusion and conflating and then making that line super blurry between a bourbon, the native spirit of America. In just an American whiskey, right, is is drawing back, and then you could take like a Redbush, for example. It's it's by definition how they make it and what they barrel age inside of it is bourbon, but it's made in Scotland. Yeah, it's like, but what makes it different from barrel aging it in Scotland or sorry in Ireland? Um, uh, I should know that much better. <laughs> um, I only it's never mind. But um, but having that in Ireland uh, at Bushmills, sorry. Uh, Having that in Ireland, what's the difference between that and creating whiskey in, let's say, Washington or Oregon, where the climates are very similar? Mm-hmm. It's only place, and so place should matter when it comes to definition. Because totally. what what distillery can go out there and make a single malt American whiskey yeah. and call it Scotch? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, no, and that's funny you said because we've had this conversation on this podcast before. It was like, does what, will we? Where were you on this? We podcast? will. This was well. <laughs> with this is within the last year, eleven so, years ago, so maybe twelve years ago, but it was. Uh, I, rem- I remember it because we were like, we asked the question, will we see subcategories? Oh, we asked in- it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will see subcategories. And I feel it will be regional. It will be regional. Northwest, West Coast, mm-hmm. Southeast, Midwest, East Coast, yep. Empire. Empire. I mean, yeah. Empire, yeah, Texas. You know, it's yeah. happening. It's just not been established. So when will that be? When will that be? I mean, until then, I still feel... You know, bourbon is being, at least if you're following the traditional laws of bourbon and the traditional distilling practices of bourbon and or any American whiskey, then that will always be considered until you start finishing. And we're not opposed to finishing, like I said. Yeah, no, no, no. I no. love the stuff. I think it just be reiterated. We yeah. love finished whiskey. We yeah. love finished bourbons. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's new. It's different. I, I'm still gra- I'm still learning what I like about them. Um, I haven't, like I said, I haven't had anything about aside from our stuff for the last two to three months. But what we've had, well, what we're about to get into next, because I really want to get into one of these that Chris brought in, because yeah. I, I think that'll really fuel a conversation. But at the same time, it's like, man, where will it apex? Is it how many different blends or wh- finished whiskeys are you blending? Or mm-hmm. is it just a finished whiskey that's been in a aged and or finished for a certain amount of time? That's another thing that I have a question about. Yeah, how much time should it be finished in order to be considered a finished whiskey and not just touch a finished finishing barrel? I think it's also important to remember the small market share that these whiskeys actually hold in the bourbon market yeah. overall. Like, well, at least the well, American at least whiskey, American whiskey. It's not technically a bourbon, but like in the American whiskey category, mm-hmm. like if Jack Daniels put it or if you know, Jim Beam put out a finished. A little Russell sherry, you know, eight year old bourbon, it'd be one of the best selling whiskeys of the year. Oh, absolutely. Because of... But they don't do that. Yeah. That they might be doing that. I mean, they have a Basil Hayden that... They have Basil Hayden red wine cask. I mean... So they are... It's almost like they're experimental. That's like they're experimental. Yeah. Because it's with the the 80 proof, so why not let's let's test it here and see how it goes. Right. You know? And they've they've done one-offs here and there of, of, of finishes. But yeah, they don't have a standard product outside of... With the name Jim Beam, right, right, right. on it. Like, yeah, so like, like a Booker's, for example, did a finished 
cherry cask. Yeah. Like it, you wouldn't see it. No, no. You'd it, see it online for five hundred dollars. Exactly. Oh, you exactly. mean you mean you wouldn't see it on a shelf because it would be bought up that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I thought you meant it wouldn't see it because of the disrespect it would be to. Booker. Oh no 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 no! no, no. It'd be because oh, okay. it'd be so popular. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, Bardstown, for example, in front of us, or Penelope, that's on in front of us right now with bottles. Like, how much of the market share that they really own? those smaller brands versus compared to the other guys that make bourbon then have been doing it historically. But they're bringing along how many other distilleries to do that? True. But I mean, yeah, Barstown probably isn't the best example of that because the way they... No, no, I like the fact that because they're very transparent about what they do. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay. But how but many you others? Do, you mean, you do have to look at uh, a brand like Penelope, for example, who just had a massive deal to yeah. be purchased by... <laughs> Uh, the the company that they're sourcing whiskey from like that they're having they're obviously yeah. having an effect on on the market yes um with, yes with what they're doing if if mgp is going to buy their whiskey buy, back. Them. buy it back yeah yeah <laughs> so no disrespect just, it's just funny when you think about it i agree i mean I it's agree. cool they did, i agree they did, i don't mean so i also try a, this is a this is a bourbon. We need to try this. This is the Bardstown Bourbon Company Discovery Series number ten. Oh. It's a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys. Blend five wow. straight bourbon whiskeys, by the way. Their own distillate? No. This is so the Discovery Series is oh, all yeah. uh, stuff that they have sourced, sourced and then blended to create um, each batch. So this is ten. 114.24 proof. This is five different straight bourbons. Oh, my Jake God. Glass. Oh, oh sorry. God. There it is. Oh, my God. Um, so this is... Oh, wow. Who'd you steal this from? <laughs> this was sent to me. So we are... Um, Chris is on the VIP this, this list This is a sample there. from Bardstown Bourbon Company, so thank them for sending this. And uh, this is the... my first taste. We're cracking it here. Shout out to B-Town. The last time I had Bardstown was in Bardstown, and... We were at an event that Thank Chris snuck us into. This is badass. This is what I want to do. Very confused by what that event was, and they were very confused by who I was there. <laughs> who you were there. <laughs> so this is three different Kentucky bourbons. Ooh. One is nine-year, one is 13-year, one is six-year. I could give you all the smash bills, but I won't. Um, so Kentucky, Tennessee, Ingen, And then there is a Indiana. Tennessee, a 10-year Tennessee uh, bourbon in this, and a... 10-year Georgia bourbon in this. So three See, Kentucky bourbons, Georgia. Tennessee bourbon, Georgia. and Why? Georgia, Why Georgia bourbon. Who the, the Tennessee hell? is very small amount in this. Very small amount. 2% of oh, the okay. blend. So it's maybe just the malt sensation. But really, like really heavy really cherry licorice. licorice. These nose. are always like just crazy blends that yeah. that they do and i feel like they're it's, getting like more and more complex as as they go along and number 10 here with five different whiskeys all let's see the youngest whiskey in here is six years old, six years old. and it's only eight percent of the blend mm. everything else is nine years and above which is pretty cool, okay, that is cool. could this be see even this where the lines keep getting drawn to different areas and keep getting blurred couldn't this be considered a cigar batch too, in a way? I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, there's no definition. <laughs> yeah, so. right, right. Isn't it funny how it just keeps we keep uh, evolving, which is good. I, I, the creativity and full. the ingenuity of whiskey is what I love and I respect and what I want to see. It's just kind of funny how these definitions keep getting 
not redefine, but to the question mark, to the, right up to the point of questioning, do we redefine these whiskeys categories? Seriously. This is, um, this is very full. Mm-hmm. I can see why you say the cigar blend thing because this is this. It's got a lot going on. It's got a lot going on. It's wild. I mean, Ooh. I get a lot of cherry on this, cherry. like kind of like a, a maple candy. Mm-hmm. Um, those are like the two kind of prominent flavors I get out of this, and it's got a really kind of spicy finish to it. Kind of reminds me of like a. An up Manhattan mm. in a way, yeah, for sure. With an extra cherry in it, mm. that layer, that thickness to yep. it, mm. body. Yeah, it's very syrupy. A little, like a little like a very little, luscious. A little hay. Ooh, there you go. That's the word, luscious. But this definitely does. I I mean, hmm. you put a you put this like chilled in a like a coupe glass. You could trick people into thinking that this, this is, is a cocktail. cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that flavorful. Mm, man, it's fun. really, really delicious whiskey. When is this hitting the market? This is good. I think it's just coming out okay. now. Like just, just hitting the market. They only sell us at the distillery. No, this is this is this will be you know released wherever released? they're distributed. I think they're pretty much. I don't know how many states they're in no, now, either. but wherever they're distributed, uh, that that will be hitting. But I will say, finally, getting to to Bardstown and getting the full experience. I, last time I went, they were way too busy and no tours available, so I didn't really get to see anything other than driving up there. Um, but going there with you and a few other friends in April was a uh, quite a beautiful experience. Yeah, it's a great place. It's a first-class place, minus locking my keys in my car. <laughs> yeah. You locked your keys in the car? First time ever. <laughs> wow. Funny, funny enough. That's, that's possible these days. Uh, that's what we thought. We, the, we were like, how can you even that, that even happen these days? I Literally, the was key possible. was like right was next to the door where you'd think you just oh, lock okay. it. Something to do out of safety issue of Ford Edges. Because hmm. funny enough, two weeks later in Colorado, did the same thing. <laughs> did you really? Took my jacket off, put it in the door, closed it. That's awesome. it, and uh, but I called the app and they could do it uh, through. Oh, really? Yeah. On, is it OnStar? Uh, it was through Hertz. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. So if you ever get in a pinch and you're running through Hertz, that's cool. They can uh, for twelve dollars <laughs> open your car remotely. That's funny. Like, like, is it okay with you? I'm like, yeah, I think the twelve dollars is yeah, worth it. Yeah, twelve dollars is completely worth it. Like, yeah, sometimes we have people complain about it. I'm like, no, that's what? Fine. Like, no, uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I agree with you. This is um, but no, fun whiskey. This is uh, very fun whiskey. This is like, and this is what, like, I don't, yeah. I don't I care love sometimes what the, what the rules are, what the what the laws are about what what whiskey is versus what whiskey can be. For sure. Okay. And this is all To steal a line from Dave Vitale. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? That means you're listening. You're mm-hmm. learning. I really, I just, and Sheila would be, the, she blind tested me because I'm like, I don't want to finish whiskey. Eh. Hmm. And one day we had a blind tasting and, uh, your wife. Yes. And she, just for anybody out there, (laughs) she threw in a angel's envy, Hmm. uh, Hmm. finished rye. Um, or was it a bourbon? Can't remember. Anyways. And I chose that one as the best one. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Rum cast. Um, I want to say yes. I I think it was a rye rum finish. That's what I do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Yeah. Yeah, there's no disputing that finished rye or finished bourbon is delicious. There's no disputing that. 
Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's it's great for the for the categories. It's great for for whiskey. It just it just I just wonder like you know what what defines what we're drinking anymore. Yeah, and also you know? like let's say you finish a a bourbon inside of a I'll take Westward for example, even though they went bourbon, but they use local wine barrels to age their whiskey up in Portland, Oregon area. Like, is that with that? Let's say they're making bourbon. Um, would we eventually turn the law one time and say like, well, if you use American wine barrels to finish your bourbon inside of, will it still be considered bourbon because it's an American product? Hmm. Well, you might have to at some point. With I mean, there's the way the barrels are availability of barrels is that's going. Good point too. Yeah, and that's that's another way of driving a force of a distillery let's say you can finish you can age your whiskey for two years in a barrel transfer it into a wine barrel still use that other barrel that had whiskey inside of it and keep recycling those casts versus buying new casts which is obviously a lot more cost effective versus buying new barrels and the you know lack of availability of wood and lumber Mm -hmm. sometimes yeah well that's the um high on my list this year was the um, chicken cock double oak um kentucky whiskey because they couldn't call it bourbon because it went into a used barrel to start. Mm, mm. So the first, I think it's a eight year age statement on that. So the first seven years was in used cooperage, cooperage, just a used bourbon barrel. And then they transferred it to new Oak for one year and aged it for that, that last year. But they had to say it's Kentucky, Kentucky whiskey. Okay. Now to me, like if you put it into a used bourbon barrel, yeah, I mean, why why couldn't you call that bourbon? Well, obviously because the rule says it has to be new charred oak. But mm. like at some container. point in time, container. Yeah, container. Yes. It's true. Um, container. At, at some it's point in time, it's true. It's true. Like, yeah. do we start saying like if it's a second fill bourbon barrel? Right. That's fine. Right. You can still call it bourbon. At some point in time, they might have to. At some point, we'll run out of determine wood. that. Yeah. 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 That you know. might happen. Well, I guess... I don't know if it would relate back to our conversation we've had for the last 20, 30 minutes about finishes, but it is a conversation to be had about yeah. the amount of lumber available to us. That's true, too. Yeah. But the intention behind it, that's where I... That's a, It's kind of always a thing. It's like... For me, it's in always life, been the intention. Like what's the, what, not what's, even just making whiskey, just in general. What's the objective here? Yeah. Are you, are you coming out to do this because it's the hot new fucking shit to do Mm. because if you have 50 grand you can buy yourself a lot of barrels and you can hire so you can rent space to get it filled and then so on and so forth not filled but aged i i I just that's where i find myself at a crossroads where i stop enjoying it yeah well speaking of the hot new shit to do do you want to taste (laughs) basically the hot two hottest finishes that exist combined into one bring it on big daddy now do we want to try the Penelope Rio now, or do we want to do something else before we go to this? Because it is an uh, there is an Ambarana cask involved, and that kind of can, Ooh, you know, that can, can be a little kind of uh, take over the palate. It and, could. Um, let's so, try that one last then. All right, if that's the case. Well, then let's try. This is my number one whiskey of 2023. This is not a bourbon, so it's not applicable to uh, National Bourbon Day. But uh, this is a. <laughs> This is an outstanding whiskey, and again, we're going to Bardstown Bourbon Company. Mm. This is seven-year Indiana rye, but it's 51% uh, rye, 45% corn, 4% malted barley out of MGP, um, seven years old, and then 10% 
Tennessee bourbon. Okay. So this is ninety uh, percent rye, ninety percent, ten percent bourbon, finished for twenty four, twenty three months. Okay. Twenty three months. I like the sound of that. Four square rum barrels, and the top floor of a Rick House at Bardstown Bourbon Company. Oh, I hmm. look at the color this on that shit. Whiskey is. Look, look at the color on that shit. It's dark. Oh, it is dark. I will pour this for you. It is a very dark amber for you. You take your time when you pour, goddammit. Who has not seen a bottle of this? I've Holy already kind of colored shit. your view on this, but this whiskey is. That's good. This is the best thing I've had so far in 2023. When did this release come out? This was. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. A couple months ago, I think. This, this uh, Was it out when we were down there? When were we in Kentucky? April? April? It may have come out right around there or shortly after that. But wow. it's been out for it's been out for a couple months at least. Has it been? No. Um Did you buy this here? I did. I this is in uh, Chicago. And I and I have seen it still on the shelves here in Chicago. So seven year yeah, I saw it the other day, rye. Seventeen year Tennessee bourbon. Makes up only ten percent of the blend. But this is, and then twenty three months inside the rum barrel. Twenty three months in the rum barrel. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. Twenty, the length of time in the finishing barrel. I think that's what more I appreciate. Well, because the intention is to get as much as possible. Because we don't know if that rum barrel was wet, dry, or whatever may be the case. Well, if it's reuse, bird, use. If it's Birdstown, I'm <laughs> almost guaranteeing that it was like extremely wet. Yeah, that's what they do. But it's also with that amount of time inside of that rum that four square barrel it allows it to cycle and it won't shock that flavor into the whiskey initially so a lot of the finishes between that three to six month period which is very popular you don't actually get the entire effect of the barrel by doing it in that short amount of time what you're really doing is just getting what's left inside that wet filling process if it is a wet fill forced into the whiskey and doesn't balance it out so the more time it gets to spend in the barrel the more time it gets to seek into the pores it gets to stay in the pores and then contract and then those uh, that liquid comes back out into the barrel and it starts to swirl around inside of the entire tire liquid and fill it out evenly wow. versus um overwhelming it and not, com- not completing what you call a uh, a compliant process to yeah. balancing out between the whiskey and the barrel, and the barrel. Yeah. so um 23 months is a That's, proper amount of time for yeah. you to find those even those even flavors and um, the talents of the barrel, and inf- not inflicting its flavor profile into the whiskey, but finding this really great balance between it. And I, that's achieved in this yes. by all means. This this <laughs> this you know, remember what was that? I believe it was a bar. No, it was a barrel craft seaside seascape sea spot seagrass seagrass. seagrass. Thank you. See, I want to try it side by side. Yes. All right. Yes. This is This I think beats it. And that and that's that seaside to me was outstanding. The seagrass is Again, one of I the best can't even say finished it right. rye whiskeys out there. That's like three different finishes. Um this is like pure like roasted thank you. Caramelized banana, coconut, this is like great tropical deliciousness. This is I can't wait to just destroy this bottle this yeah. summer it's good for oh, you. it's yeah. just like such a great summer whiskey what's the price point on that chris it's 
pretty high. It's like one two thousand dollars seventy nine. Okay. I think or one. And I almost one, put it. I was about to suggest put this in a pina colada. One fifty nine to one seventy nine. I think. <laughs> Try it out. I was like, so I would it, make a cocktail with this shit. Caramelized banana is like the great note. Oh my god! Uh, it's, it's it's Foster's totally there. Beyond that, though, this is yeah. like this is. I'm not gonna lie. This takes me back to the U. <clears throat> this, you. Right. It will be difficult, I think. So, you know, the first six months of this year, there's mm. been a lot of great whiskey that's come out. Obviously, I haven't tried everything that's come out, but why not? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's going to be hard to knock this off of the off of the top spot of this is of whiskeys for for this year. Um, that's cool. Fill that up. Fill it up or fill something up. Um, that's delicious. It's really good. It's what? really good. What did you want me? I'm sorry. You can drink out of that. Oh. That's the only glass-ish thing I have down here. <laughs> Unless there's actually, there might be plastic cups in that Star Wars bag. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, the only other glass I have down here is a broken Key in the Lake Glencairn. <laughs> can we drink out of it? <laughs> you, might cut your, you might cut yourself quite a Man, bit. Dude, I'm just going to pour it in. All right, go care. for it. Um, or, yeah. An infinity bottle. So, yeah. I was yeah. hoping my infinity is, bottle will make Chris's list. Yeah. It's ridiculous. not a bourbon, but it's. it's <laughs> no, dude, but I love how the, the presence of the rum is on the nose inside this glass. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's rum barrel. Totally see it. And I get that banana caramel note to it, right? Fried bananas. This like, is. And for me, it, honestly, if you didn't tell me about it, I'd be scared. I'm not a big rum finish bourbon or American whiskey yeah. fan. Um, I think it suits better with other spirits. But it's so delicate that wow. it rounds it out to this amazing dessert flavor is... inside of the whiskey that just it's just coating and comforting. It's what you want for after dinner. Not by necessarily 100%. drinking, but like by dessert-wise. No, oh, that's very well said. I mean, this, this, drinking this, you just want to drink this all day. Like if, the whiskey is this, is. this is a dessert flight. Yeah. Give me, mm. a, give me a 95 degree end of July night. Yeah. And this on like a cube mm. in a in a rocks glass. Forget about it. Oh my god! I'm getting that like Hershey chocolate flavor to it in the back end. It's so good. But like it's like the worst thing for you with the best tasting thing. <laughs> like, oh. Put that on some vanilla ice cream. Yeah, make it a Dove bar. Yeah. You know? it's, oh, a, it's just a, a Hershey classic. Forget about it. These I, are, it. I talk about this occasionally. This that like there's there's the whiskeys that you that you drink and you you taste it and you kind of like. You kind of like sit up and you're like, mm. oh mm-hmm. shit, what was, what was that that I just tasted? And like just instantly kind of grabs your attention. I feel like there's, for me personally, from what I taste every year, there's like two or three whiskeys that make you like sit up Yes, and like you, you literally like jerk your head back and you're like, yeah, what? Did I just take? And I, I what tell you what, that? this is one of those whiskeys. This is number three for me because the first one that I, that did that, that you, as we were there for, and that was <laughs> Pinhook's Rye. Oh, yeah, the twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that made me jerk. That yeah. made me fucking jerk off. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm not telling. I mean, there's a T-shirt that commemorates yeah. <laughs> that there that is, whole thing. I still have yeah. it. And then, uh, what was the the seagrass? Was another one. Seagrass. Yeah, yeah. seagrass, seagrass did tasty. that to me. Now. This is number three. This is by far. It's a great whiskey. Like I said, I it's have a not had a collection of flavor profiles. This for is you. ridiculous. Yeah, this is something that. Uh, um, 
Wow. Yeah, there's there's a few of those we've had so far this year. I would Fuck. say uh, the Cigar Batch from Old Elk was yes. that one. I mean, granted, I was in the Franklin room with Greg Metz <laughs> trying it, but that'll that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. but then, I agree with that. We tried we tried a few of those things before that, so yeah. I'll put it that way. Um, there was a couple of whiskeys, the uh, the Honey X Buffalo Trace Bourbon that Starlight. Yeah, that one was like. That was to Malloy's soon. Come, oh, that's right. Uh, that was late in the process, too. We had been sipping a lot of different whiskeys that day, and that was wow. pretty... I wouldn't say that was like probably eight of ten whiskeys we had, maybe. Oh, easily. Or ten of twelve, yeah. maybe. Something oh, like, at Malloy's that day where you guys No, had? we were at Starlight, oh, tasting at Starlight? out of the barrel. And that one... I, I kind of... I was driving home, so I was tasting very minimal amounts of the whiskey we were drinking, and drinking a lot of water in between. And then we had that one. I was like, hmm... I might have to finish this out. Yeah. Like it's gonna, I'm gonna have an exercise of pizza before I drive home, just <laughs> to make that. up for this one. <laughs> I had the pleasure of having that one a couple of days before we all went there, right. yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna probably need to like make sure that that one's set aside because I'm almost positive that Malloy's is gonna take that. Yeah, yeah, take that. And sure enough, how many barrels did you guys pick that trip? <laughs> Five, six. Something like that. We weren't all there for every single one. So he, what he did was Hard Truth, yeah, Makers, Buzzard Roost, mm-hmm. two Starlight, two Starlights, and a Peerless. Peerless is six. Wow, that's a lot. Yep, it's a hard work, hard working job. Oh yeah, yeah it's a hard yeah, vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tough. Times. I was telling, I think I was telling you, Chris, at one point, tough I'm like. Times. Well, this is no different than my usual day of work. It doesn't really feel like a vacation when I'm uh, drinking drinking single barrels and sampling them out, then going to a whiskey party at night, and then going back and drinking whiskey, and then going to dinner with people and drinking whiskey. It's a, it's a difficult life I lead. It's, it's definitely it can be it can be hard. I was hammered by one of those nights, though. <laughs> Met some nice gentleman named Scotty Merrill. Morell. Merrill? Yes, he he sends me multiple messages on on the gram. I don't remember meeting him in person, but we apparently did, and he yeah. was a big fan of Star Wars. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> truth comes out. He um, was just down in Kentucky and sent me a message asking me if I needed anything. Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was very appreciative. I'm like, I think I'm good at the moment, yeah. but um, yeah, it's always nice to meet people like that when you're on a trip. We met a lot, met a lot of nice people on that trip. Great trip. Some people that work in the meditation app atmosphere. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't remember, yeah, yeah. If you remember them. It's like, all right, uh, Bardstown Motor Lodge, where all dreams come true. <laughs> I like that. They should, they should uh, use that as their uh, as their tagline. My room was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's okay. Rather than cold and hot. All right, um, so and Tugies. Tugies was good. I enjoyed Tugies. Get the salmon. Whoa, oh, shit. that's not Lola. That's Sorry. Chris. That uh, is my parking that I need to... Uh, that is a great parking... I need, uh, I need to re-up my parking outside. A parking annoyance alert. Yes. Sorry about that. But shall we Shall we move on to the hottest, the latest, the greatest... The hottest. Um, ...finish in all of American whiskey. This is the Penelope. The hottest brand, maybe, possibly, out there these days straight bourbon whiskey mm-hmm. finished in this is on the second second line of the front label straight bourbon whiskey finished in honey and ambarana barrels 
So are those two separate barrels? <clears throat> Supposedly. Or is it a now, honey barrel? Then tra- I don't know exactly what Penelope is doing with this particular series. So this is part of their Cooper series where they do their should finishing. I get, should I get water to wash glasses out? Probably. Okay. So this whiskey, obviously honey finishes and the Ambarana finish are like two of the hottest finishes that are being done in American whiskey these days. Ambarana being like real hot. It's been hot for a couple of years now. I think for me, Starlight, I think, is the first distillery that really put Ambarana on... On the, on the map, map in, in finishing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the first that actually did it. They're the first that I know of that did it. And they kind of put Ambarana finishes out there on the map. And and Starlight does their Ambarana finish as a cigar, cigar batch yeah. because of the, <laughs> the flavors that come from, from that wood. So it's a Brazilian wood. It has... Just a ridiculous amount of flavor that comes out of this wood. It's just, it's unbelievable. I've I've stood in front of an ombre on a barrel at at Starlight, and like you can just you can smell, it. you can just smell the barrel, just emitting all these amazing, amazing flavors. Most notably, I think for the American palate, a lot of us would say cinnamon is like a really um, prominent flavor that comes from from Ambarana. Yeah. So this Penelope, and I don't know if they're actually using Ambarana barrels. It says on <laughs> the label, <laughs> what? finished in finished in honey and Ambarana barrels. Who I don't. The, how the hell does an Ambarana barrel get to New Jersey? Well, they might be. They might have them. They might be using staves. They might be using wood alternatives yeah. Yeah. like the chips, yeah. etc. I don't know. Um, Calling them out, Chris. It says barrels on here, but yeah. let's. Uh, Chris, let's... the urbanist bourbonist yeah. of Chicago, is calling them out. <laughs> I'm not I'm not calling them out. I just I don't know for sure what they're what they're using. No, and it, it either way, it's such a intense wood that it can it's over. It's a very pungent wood, which yeah. is why this is the last thing that we're probably going to taste. Oh yeah, because there's been other brands that I think have failed miserably by oh. using these barrels types of barrels. Um, it's easy They'll to go nameless. It's easy to fuck up a barrel with this stuff, though. I yeah. think it's I think it's strange when people have used a spicier grain or like rye to finish these barrels with these barrels because it for me it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, that medicinal flavor comes in yeah. way too much. But it's a uh... all right. Finish so... your thought. No. Okay. No. Don't. No. Don't. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But so, the oils in this are ridiculous already. Oh, dude, this smells like a peppermint dispenser of like that fills your room of uh, that little cloudy thing. You know what I'm talking like about? Like a like a diffuser. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Aroma diffuser. Whoa, whoa. So you definitely yeah, smelling salts. You definitely seriously. <laughs> the Ambarana. Dude, that's that cinnamon <clears throat> flavor. That's big red. It's I'm tasting big red in my mouth. I haven't even tasted it yet. But there's a there's like a sweet obviously from the honey like a I was gonna say honey like a this is agave 
Yeah. Agave. Yes. Interesting. Very, very, very good. Yeah, it's agave. So like agave Dark kind agave. of kind huh. of note wow. on the nose. It smells really great. Do we so, know what it's aged in and for how long before? Ooh, good so question. new chart American oak, I guess. So yeah, we, there's because they are calling it bourbon. I don't know all of the info other than yeah, started out as bourbon. Um, let's see. Here's here's what it says. Penelope Cooper series pairs our signature straight bourbon with casks from the world's finest winemaking regions. Okay, uh, inspired by the joy of Brazil. Rio delights the senses with a double cask finish of American honey and Brazilian oak. The two make perfect dance partners, rich and sweet, with surprising depth. It's a carnival in a bottle. Okay, so that's just okay. marketing speak. That's I mean, marketing. So that didn't yeah. tell me. Anything. It's spearmint though, like that spearmint peppermint flavor that's, that's in there. Like it's it like just, it, oh, they painted the Chiquita Banana Lady. And that's what they did. The nose is great. I feel I like Ambarana can cute. absolutely overwhelm a whiskey. And on the nose, you definitely get the Ambarana, but it is not it's not crazy overpowering. And then that honey comes in, I yeah. th- I agree with Wilson as like an agave kind of aroma to to the whiskey. I Show. can I can see that. I can't find it though. Um it's, for me it's like it's chew- on the nose. For me, me it's like big red, chewing big red with like squirting honey into your mouth. And it's chewing on that. Well, let's That's... taste this shit. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Fucking 120 million dollars. Are you kidding me right now, dude? 144. Oh, sorry. 144 million. Wow. So this is 98 proof. Mm. Tastes like it smells. Mm. God damn, that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It totally tastes like big red gum. Yeah. Um, it. Ooh. The weird thing is, it doesn't finish hard, but it's the what you get up front just keeps going through. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a tidal wave where it's like hits you up front and just keeps going, going, going in a very soothing, relaxing way. But it's not a long finish. I would say it's no. It's it just it's present though. This is beachy. <clears throat> this is um, yeah. yeah. Just chilly. It's just chill. And here's your pina colada, man. There's your pina yeah. colada. Oh my god, this would be great. <clears throat> yeah, pina colada. How much is this on retail? One um, million dollars. Jesus, if Christ. you can even find it, I think it's around seventy nine, eighty. Oh, like eighty. Where'd bucks. you buy it? Not bad. This they sent to me. So this oh, is awesome. courtesy of uh, of the fine folks oh, thank at, you. at Penelope. Courtesy of Penelope. Yeah, so courtesy thank you of to Mr. them for Blender. for sending that. But I love when we drink taste, for free. Yeah. We usually do. <laughs> this does taste like big red gum that has been like it does. you take big red gum and like a huge thing of like powdered Pine. sugar. Mm. Like I know big red gum already has powdered mm-hmm. sugar on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like you dump you more dump powdered sugar top on top of the big red gum. Yeah. Isn't there a simple syrup that's made that way, Jacob? I I don't know. I thought there was a simple syrup made with just powdered confectionate sugar mm, i'm sure delicious it's very confectionery just so that doesn't like a old-fashioned doesn't come in heavier and anything like that i thought that was i don't use uh sugar in my old-fashioned what do you use your old-fashioned Demerara? yeah just bitters and just bitters. whiskey ice oh you don't add the sweetener not usually good for you uh, if i do i like to use a brown sugar cube yeah oh okay I love that. Yeah, and probably half of a cube. I don't like to use too much. Yeah, I like. I think if anything, I think we do quarter ounce. Of this, I will uh, also add uh, some orange bitters. Mm. Yeah, I like orange bitters. Like a dash, old fashioned dash. Yeah. I like both lemon and orange. Yeah. 
Oh, the peel? Yeah. Yeah, lemon and oh, orange absolutely. peel in old oh, fashioned. Oh, yeah. Got a rabbit well, ear. Rabbit ears. Yeah. As long as you don't muddle it. Wisconsin. No, no, no. Oh, oh, Wisconsin. Fucking Wisconsin. Degenerates. Come on. Muddling. Who the fuck? There's a, Who even there, lives there? There used to be a, uh, a bar <laughs> called Lower Broadway in this neighborhood that I live in. Wow. And they used to muddle their old fashions like Wisconsin. And terrible old fashioned, but... You went for the conversation with Don. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I can see that. And I, I saw I Don sleeping that. in a driveway the other day. <laughs> not, not even joking. Uh, yeah. So this is, you know, I've seen I've seen mixed mixed reviews, mixed feelings on this whiskey. Some people touting it as uh, the best thing, you know, so far of this year. Others saying that it's uh, mm. overwhelmed by the. Ambrana. I do not feel like it's overwhelmed there's a, by the there's a, there's a middle in there for I, sure. Yeah. It, it, not overwhelmed because I've had overwhelmed Ambrana yeah. barrels. This and like, actually reminds me of seagrass. Mm. There's some quality in there. There's like there, there's some tropical notes for sure, but That's, yes, in, in regards um, to the tropical notes, but I mean. Uh, it's not overwhelmed though. No. I don't think it's overwhelmed. No. It's definitely prominent. That's If you're going to use Ambrana in a whiskey, that's most likely going to be the prominent flavor, yeah. but it, it it's pair. not. You can still taste. You can still taste the whiskey. Yeah, I was gonna say that. there's still the quality of the bourbon in the inside it, of there. It's got a little that the back hint of sweetness from mm-hmm. from the honey. Uh, this is. I feel it's like fun. they did a really good job. Yeah, on this, this is a fun, did a fun really good finish. Job. I agree. Um, do we know what, how long it was in those barrels for? We don't. Do not. Do not. It seems like a short amount of time. Not not long, but it, it also is it based on the shortness of it, or um, do you, based on on the effect of the operation? How it much it embraces you in the front of the palate. Yeah, <clears throat> but, but it's not overwhelming either. No, not at all. Not like, at all. Also, because I'm I'm expecting it. So there's well, when you that. think real, you're not thinking of. I mean, you think tropical. You think a lot of things. But I, I think I think sand with. sand football. This That's would fine. absolutely kill in a pina colada. Hell yeah. This would I, kill in a pina colada. No floater needed. Going, Just let it go no, by itself. Yeah, let it go yeah. by itself. I agree. No Myers needed. No. <laughs> <laughs> no Myers needed. Well said. This is fun. This will pair well yeah. with a Maduro I, cigar, I feel. Maybe it's not. F- yes, absolutely. And Maduro maybe it's not cigar. fair to compare, but uh, the Bardstown, that's, that's a whiskey that you... No. That you respect, yeah. Uh, yeah. I respect both. I mean, uh, bad word. I respect everything we've had, but the. Uh, I mean, I would say like savor most unique based on what they're doing with the sure. barrels and um, the whole experimentation built around those two whiskeys. Wow. Like that Barstown is. I I would uh, I want to drink it very fast and cherish it. Yeah. Um, the Penelope, I probably wouldn't drink. I I, I for eighty bucks. I explore cocktails because it it has such a uh, a fun taste to it. It does. This but is I'm fun. not gonna go. I I could drink this Bardstown in two nights. Yeah, and oh I mean that. God. I mean that because it's so <laughs> delicious. Uh, Penelope, it's gonna take a like. I'll have like a, a you know ounce and a half to two ounces of a Penelope. And I'm probably done for the night because my yeah. palate's like woo hoo. Yeah, like we, we we got there. Like we we had some fun things tonight and we had a good time and. We watched a little bit of uh, Sports Center around ten thirty, but it's time to go to bed now. Yeah. That's um, the thing with the Ambarana. Like yeah. it really is kind of like now we we said this it's definitely not overpowered no, by the Ambarana, no. but it does sit on your palate. It so does. like 
That's kind of one of those whiskeys that like about you, it. you, Same. you kind, it, it kind of has to be like the only thing you're going to drink yep. or the yeah. last thing you're going to drink. Yeah, yeah. This is nice. This is fantastic. Or wash it down with high life. Ooh. Hmm. There, we'll do that right yeah. now. There you go. Shit, no, but you, I, you but I, I, other day I was at a party with, um, some fellows that like to drink whiskey. I thought I brought this Penelope with me. Nobody would have drank anything after that. Like, like, Oh yeah. wow, that was that was a lot like going on there. I liked it a lot, but I need to kind of chill out for yeah. a half an hour, hour, get my palate back. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, that could be what they were shooting for. Maybe like, hey, this is one your your one whiskey of the night. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of the nature of the finish. Yeah, um, when you use Ambarana, mm. like it's it's that's just what it is. Like it. It's an intense finish. I want to eat Indian food with this. Ooh. Ooh, I know the perfect place for that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> is it called Tandoor down the street? No, no, but I'm, I'm willing. Mm. There's a place in LaGrange near uh, Sheila and I's home. It's called Kama Bistro. Mm. Mm. And this place, I can go there every day. Yeah. I can go there every day. Have something to nosh on, yeah, but have at least three fucking cocktails minimum because they do it right. They're so thoughtful in in the flavors and how it. And for some reason, they don't take into consideration the cuisine Mm. because they already know it's just gonna be fucking good. Yeah, you know what? This mic's so good. This this (sighs) this Rio. I think it's coming off as we don't like this in a way somehow, but no, <laughs> I, I really like no, this no, whiskey. No, no, same, same. I do like this whiskey. Like uh, a weird spicy cinnamony penicillin with it might be really interesting. That would be interesting. Be very interesting. And like the reason why I'm suggesting, suggesting cocktails is because the price point, it's yeah. not, it's, it's expensive. It's expensive, it's expensive for a cocktail. But like, it's not crazy to try at home and do no. like, Hey, What's I'm going to, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to make, three cocktails at home yeah. with this bottle if you can find this yes by the way. if you can find it yeah. if you can find yeah. it i think the secondary uh most recently you're looking I at heard, three dollars an ounce right most recently Easily a this was going for like five six hundred dollars that's stupid which okay. is like that's no disrespect that's, just, uh, yeah. that's that's the mo- that's the headline speaking yeah. right now it's yeah. happening with their brand 100 yeah yeah 100 you'd buy this at this Malloy's is not a, a 500 dollar whiskey yeah. Yeah. yeah no yeah. nothing's worth 500 dollars i I, I agree. Very, very <laughs> few things. Very few things. Yeah. Um, uh, but you want to get into like, yeah, wise, yeah exactly. You want to get into 50, 60, 70 year old scotches? Yes. Okay, maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about a different time period. Yeah. We're talking about probably, this is probably a four year bourbon finished in these right. barrels. Like, right. This is not a $500 whiskey. Um, it's delicious. I have bottles on my back shelf that I will sell for more than five hundred dollars. <laughs> Anybody's willing to accept that? Uh, yeah. yeah. What you sure. got? What you got? Oh, he's got. Um, he's got some stuff. I have. I, I have some, some weird stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I have some. Uh, some Taylor from the fifties. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that old granddad I have from eight nineteen eighty. I don't know. Um, we're gonna open that one on a special occasion. That gives me when Amer- chills. When, Amer- about that. <laughs> when America, when America wins the World Cup in 2026, oh, in a, in America, we're gonna in, wait for that. In America, shit, we're never in, opening. In we're not. We're never. In America, God, in come, America on, come on, we Jacob. need to set. We need to set proper goals for opening. Well, that. Well, Let's the Bears be realistic. Well, 
Okay. Hey, I mean, I mean, that's even. I, I would say that the I would say that American soccer has a better chance of winning the World Cup in twenty twenty six for the the uh, the Bears winning any type of championship. Really? Yeah. Or in twenty twenty, eh, maybe. We're signing it's all twenty twenty three. We're signing anybody who has American uh, lineage. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so we're good. All right. I there is something about this Rio that really brought something to my mind and I can't remember it, but I has to do about the seasonality of whiskey drinking, bourbon mm, drinking whiskey. Yeah, perfect, yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. And and this is a prime example of, of being able to drink whiskey all year round. I was gonna say it has a little nuances of each, It has season. that, you yeah. know, it's just it has that little nuance in there. But then when you think about the Barstown that Chris poured for us, my God, that has to be the hottest date on a beach. That screams summer. That's just screams yeah. summer. But the Rio does kind of but in a way. Hotness. Yeah. But also you're like <clears throat> on a cold day in January, I want to have this whiskey as well. Hell yeah. And Hell. then like you get home trick or treating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of our fans trick or treat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the fall, you're like, oh, I can have this. And also like a spring rainy day, oh, I can man. have this. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Rio is um that's a that's a fine think about the whiskey. destination though Rio itself MGP I get I why just... you bought your whiskey back <laughs> <laughs> they do it better than you uh... hey, hey can you help us that's all right so that's here's a... conversations that... here's if, a question if, if you could have an open conversation with both sides of that party yeah we're like you bought this whiskey yeah you blended this whiskey oh. you I I'm gonna venture out there and say the whole idea was to get bought out um. Uh, I fully one hundred percent believe I would that say was yes. the intention. Yeah, I would say I mean, yes like, on that. People that work for that company listen to this podcast. Call me out if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think they would call you out. Okay. <laughs> and then if you have I mean, somebody you're in New from, Jersey, this is you know this is a uh, a pie in the sky podcast. But someone from MGP saying uh, very honestly and open, we're gonna buy our whiskey back for these reasons. I would love to have a. I would love to curate the conversation. Yeah. Like. I agree. Because it you. makes no sense, but it also makes sense at the same time. For sure. Um, For sure. You're like, you know, this proves that we are one of the best distilleries out there from the MGP side. This proves from Penelope's standpoint, it worked. Everything yep. that we, yep. we sought after. Um, yep. And now... And it proves that MGP has no fucking clue when it comes to... <laughs> Marketing, marketing. Yeah. whiskey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that you. was my point. I, was I mean, like, I'll say it. I mean, Remus... As, as good as it could be, isn't because they just don't announce it properly. It was because of Harrison. It has great... <laughs> MGP obviously has great whiskey. They yeah, have brands of their own. But yeah. Remus has not blown anyone away. No. no. Uh, Rossville what was Rossville? Rye has not blown anyone away. No. Penelope has been able to take that whiskey and turn it into something that people actually... Yeah like clamor for mm-hmm. and mgp saw the value in that and there is value in that obviously so and we will see what now in the industry it'll, i don't know it'll well i mean because we'll mgp uh, just bought back their stuff technically yeah. speaking with all due respect no they did yes yeah, yeah. they they just reduced they just, their i i read a they have a new customer yeah Instead of whatever Penelope was allotted every single year for go. barrels from them, they can put it out to somebody else and buy back that. Yeah. I read a like a little blurb about this deal. You know, the deal is actually much more than what was 
there's another incentive they let to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. A couple of years to for for them to cash in with MGP, but <clears throat> based on what you know, Penelope was buying barrels for, and uh, the cost to MGP is going to end up being like two to five million dollars. This yep. is going to be a two hundred some million dollar deal for. Penelope, yep. but in, in essence, for MGP, when you work out all the numbers and you now, there's the cost of goods obviously mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is exponentially mm-hmm. lower when yeah. Penelope becomes a MGP brand. Like it's only going to cost MGP like two to five million dollars to acquire this brand that is selling like ninety to a hundred thousand cases now, and could potentially be you know way beyond that moving forward so like it's such a smart deal for mgp and just an amazing deal for these guys who who created penelope and just i i love mike and danny who's who started penelope they they obviously did everything right Mm -hmm. they connected with with the consumers, mm-hmm. they yeah they did a great job. Absolutely nailed it when it when it came to creating a brand and connecting with people. And I, I just I love the story of of those yeah. guys and mm-hmm. and the brand and 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 what they've done. And it's a smart deal every way, every all the way around. For everybody, yep. it's a great it is. deal. It is a great deal. No, it showcases a lot from uh, from both sides of the brand, and I guess uh, Sean Joseph, you're, I was, up, you're, you're up next. Yep, calling you out. I was just better say start that. finishing, Sean. Yeah, I <laughs> seriously don't bring that up to him. Seriously, well, actually, technically, he's doing that in a way. I think he's I think he's taking a different approach. He's I mean, buying, we're, we're, he's we're, buying we're, Star Wars barrels. We are. Oh, there you I, are. I actually okay. love the the uh, the pinhook philosophy. He's he's doing it right in his own way. Yeah. His his men, his method. I mean, we're fans of him. I mean, we right. mention him every time we can. So it's. I, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure that they didn't create Pinhook with the objective of uh, of being you know bought out, but I don't think that. I don't, I don't think but, that. Uh, either, I mean, he no. said in the podcast before. It's like. Who could foresee that happening yeah. nine years ago, ten yeah. years ago? Yeah. Well said. But yep. you know, there's there's certainly potential there. There is. Yeah. There is. I mean Especially your Sean. Don't. Don't sell out. Yeah, no, yeah. just don't do it. Do, do wait, but, wait until a hundred million yeah. dollar deal or two hundred million dollar deal. <laughs> wait till I mean, our, take the deal. Wait till our deal. Wait till our deal is done and then do it. Um, Dude, a case of pinhook per episode, that'd be fun. That's how we make our money here in the podcast. I mean, that'd be fun. We are sponsored by Star Wars whiskey yeah. and Pinhook. But it's 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 interesting because these um, experiences that we've been having today take us to different places. But at the same time, when you go back to with that with them, are they actually really listening? I was like, you know, what? this really remind me of this. This this really resonated with me in this way. Or are they just still? constantly revolving and revolving and, and, and ideating. It was like, what's cool? What would be fun? What would be different? I mean, I'm really curious to know the process. That's what really this has brought to, to my attention today. 
you know, not when you're it's like late. Um, all right. We're back with a audio <laughs> technical difficulty that we are now embracing as Keena Lake. Oh, that's awesome. Just regular problems. Um, so Chris, great. though, being part of Bourbon Charity and Father's Day coming up this weekend, what do you guys have going on? So we have Father's Day bingo nights on Friday night and Saturday night. So June 16th and 17th, uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join us. We're going to play five games of virtual bingo on both Friday and Saturday night. We have amazing, amazing uh, bottles of whiskey as prizes from Chattanooga Whiskey, Penelope Bourbon, and Chicken Cock Whiskey. And uh, we're also doing a sweepstakes. If you can't join us for the bingo nights, you can make a contribution to the sweepstakes and win some cool, what we're calling dad kits. We've got like uh, a dad kit for lawn work outside, outdoors. Uh, We've got a picnicking dad kit. We've got really cool stuff. Uh, Backyard games with a cornhole set. You name it. It's really cool. Um, check it out, bourboncharity.org, and please join us for bingo or make a contribution to the sweepstakes and get a chance at some really cool prizes for dear old dad. Featuring oh. brands we drank today. Yes, exactly. Yeah, featuring brands. And to couple of that, uh, Castle and Key is on sale throughout your Chicagoland Binnie's locations. Um, it's not any of our bourbons, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but it is on our latest uh, in-market rye. Um, we are at thirty-six ninety-nine, opposed to the forty dollars wow. and ninety-nine cents wow. for the month of June. Um, a celebration of both pride and our the pride that we have is our in our dads and being dads. So please pick up. Uh, Pick up a bottle or two or even a case. Um, And this is throughout the whole state of Illinois. So if you are within the state of Illinois, you will be seeing um, our rye whiskey on sale for uh, your dads. So cheers. Wonderful. And you will be at uh, Whiskeys of the World. Yes, we will be at Whiskeys of the World. Um, Man, I'm really excited about this. I've always loved this event Mm, um, every year. It's one of the best. I mean, we've we've had so many phenomenal friends in the business and those who are founders, um, those who are distillers, those who are brand ambassadors, market managers, so on and so forth, or even aficionados and or influencers. Um, this is a fantastic event. So if you can come out and join us uh, Thursday evening at the Binnie's on Marcy Street in Chicago, man, come out and see us. Because yep. this, this is five to eight. Yeah, it's five to eight for general admission. Uh, industry goes from one to three, I believe. Um, but come out. This is a fantastic manner uh, to try so many phenomenal things, especially things that we had tried tonight. So yep. um, Thursday, uh, January or June sixteenth. June sixteenth. Um, feels like January. It, it cold, does. Rainy day today. Cold. But, rainy day. Um, yeah. Uh, come out to Benny's Marcy Street in Lincoln Park and hang yeah. out with probably two hundred and thirty plus distillers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no joke there. But worth. But worth it. Yeah, and uh, support Bourbon Charity. If you are listening tonight on Wednesday, June 15th, come over to, or June 14th, come on over to the uh, Green Post in Chicago. I am doing a Star Wars event from 7 to 10. Cocktails, food, live music. Star Wars under the stars. Stars, stars. Hanging out on the patio, hanging out indoors, doing all those fun things. And you can meet our founder, the one and only Dave Vitale. That's fun. You can ask him questions, stump him. It's a great fucking place, man. And we may or may not be bottling off a bottle of ginger beer cask 
number seven. Ooh. Oh. 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 Well, there it is. There it is. Um, happy National well, Bourbon Day. Happy National happy Bourbon National Day. Happy National Bourbon Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Father's A lot Day. of happy listeners. Happy Father's Day. Absolutely. Good for you guys. One day I'll join your ranks. Maybe. I mean, you're a dog dad. That counts. Yeah. Ish. I told Brittany didn't count for Mother's Day. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so, um, but let's let's be honest. I raised a dog. Um, to all of you out there, Key in the Lake listeners, appreciate your support and uh, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. Cheers. Raise a glass to all the dads and all the bourbon enjoyers out there, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.